Praise the Lord, everybody. Come on, let's give the Lord a round of applause this evening. Amen, amen, amen. Praise God. Amen, amen. So good to be in the house of God tonight. We welcome everyone that is here tonight. We welcome our online congregation. Amen. I know we have the date shift, so hopefully everyone is in line. Amen. Worship and praising God. You'll be on your own Thursday night if you try to tune in to service. Amen. Our spirit will be with you. Amen. But we're here to praise God tonight. Amen. We're going to invite you all, if you could stand with us, we're going to pray and ask the Lord to touch us tonight and bless our service, and that we'll be in one accord, that everything will be done decent and in order tonight. Amen. Amen. Don't forget to keep Sister Sharon, um, co-worker, what's her name is, um, Nola, in our prayer. Uh, she was tested uh, positive. She worked in the unit that Sister Sharon works in, so... Um, you know, let's keep her in our prayers that the Lord will touch her and uh, keep her his hand upon Sister Sharon and their family. And, um, you know, anyone else have a prayer request tonight that you want us to keep in mind? Amen. Praise God, Sister Jay. Monica Chambers, remember, Monica Chambers in your prayer tonight. Amen. Anyone else? Amen. All right, let's, yes, sir. Okay. 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 Amen. So all those names tonight, we're going to be praying that the Lord will touch them tonight. Amen. So let's just pray together as we open our service. Father God, we come into your presence one more time, Lord God. We thank you, Lord God, for this privilege. We thank you, Lord God, for your goodness, your mercies, and your love, Lord God. You're great and you're mighty, Lord God. You do miracles so great. Father God, as we gather in your presence tonight, Lord God, to lift up your name, to call upon your name, to worship you, Lord God. We thank you, Lord God, for this privilege to gather together, oh God, in this fashion tonight, Lord God. As we pray tonight, we ask you to forgive us for every sins, all the sins that we have committed in your sight today, knowingly and unknowingly, Lord God, that you'll touch our hearts, touch our minds, oh God. I pray and ask you, oh God, that you'll purify our hearts tonight, Lord God. Cleanse us, wash us, and help us to be whiter than snow, creating us a clean heart and renew a right spirit within us, oh God. As we bring the service in your hands tonight, Lord God, we ask you, Lord God, that you'll move upon us individually, move upon us collectively, Lord God. As we pray tonight, Lord God, we pray that there will be a move of your spirit, Lord God, tonight from the pulpit to the pew tonight, Lord God, that you'll touch every person tonight, Lord God. Oh God, for all the requests that has uh, gone for tonight, Lord God, for the Williams, oh God, for Nola, for Monica, Lord God, we pray tonight, Lord God, whatever the needs are tonight, Lord God, we are serving a God that is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above that which we ask or think, Lord God. We pray, Lord God, that you'll keep your hands upon our dear sister Sharon tonight and their family, Lord God. I pray, Lord God, that you'll touch all our family in this congregation, those that are watching us via, Lord God, online, that you'll touch them tonight, Lord God, whatever the needs are tonight. Oh God, we know your Haber, Lord God. We ask you to speak to our hearts, oh God. Speak to our minds tonight, Lord God. We ask you to bind us together with cords that can never be broken, Lord God. Take not thy Holy Spirit from us, oh God. We truly love you, Lord God. We are here to worship you, to give you all the glory and to give you all the honor, Lord God. Your name is great and great 
greatly to be praised. You are worthy to be praised from the rising of the sun unto the going down of the same. You are worthy, Lord God. Have your way among us tonight, Lord God. We pray anointing upon the man of God tonight that you will use them, Lord God. Oh God, I pray that as he come in the sport of tonight, Lord God, you will use them to minister your word, Lord God. Open our hearts and our minds tonight, Lord God. That's our praise singers. Oh God, touch every person individually and collectively. Oh God, our individual ministry, our musicians, our greeters, our ushers, our nursing staff, oh God. Touch every person, Lord God. All our leaders in this church, oh God. Give us leaders in this hour, Lord God, that have a desire, a mindset to serve you, oh God, to go the extra mile, oh God, in every way. Of course, oh God, we love you. Oh God, speak to our hearts and minds. Oh, we love you, Lord God, we praise you. Touch us tonight, Lord God, as we worship you. Let your will be done, Lord God. Not our will, but your will be done as we praise you and worship your name in Jesus' name. And can we just give the Lord a round of applause tonight? He's truly worthy to be praised tonight. Have your way tonight in this place in Jesus' name. Worship the Lord with us tonight. Amen, amen. Yes, you are. 
He's worthy to be praised. Hallelujah, hallelujah, amen, 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 amen. Before you see that, just point to someone and say, good to see you tonight in the house of God. Amen. Good to see you. Amen. Amen. Good to see you all tonight in the house of God. Amen. Lord bless you. You may be seated. Amen. We want to welcome everyone again tonight to our Tuesday evening service tonight. So honored to be in the house of God. And we're going to take a few minutes to, uh, you know, this week is a week of Thanksgiving week. Amen. You know, Thanksgiving is right around the corner. Amen. In fact, if you tune into our uh, morning priory notice, the, the theme for this week is Thanksgiving. So we want to maintain that uh, theme and we want to make sure, you know, we get, want to give you a chance to testify tonight. So we're going to have Jordan with a mic. So if you have a testimony that you want to share with us, you know, just saying something that the Lord has done for you, what he's doing for you. Amen. I got plenty of testimony. So if you don't want to testify, I'm going to be here all night. Amen. So I want you all to share your testimony with us tonight. Don't shy. Just share your testimony. Amen. So um, Jordan, I think you have a mic. So feel free if someone, Jordan's back. If you if you need a mic, just wave your hand. You know, we want you to just stand up for a few uh, couple of minutes, a minute or so. Testify. Anyone? I want to testify tonight. Amen. Feel free to testify. Amen. Go ahead, Brother Kelman. Amen. Praise the Lord, saints. Good to be in the house of the Lord tonight. I also want to thank the Lord for his goodness, his loving kindness, and his mercies towards me. I thank the Lord for waking me every morning. Every morning with a spirit of power and of love and of a sound mind. I thank God for lifting me out of darkness and placing me into his marvelous light. Our God is good. He's great, and he's greatly to be praised. Amen. 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 Praise him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Come on, Jordan. There's Brother Bradley up here. Uh, but Amen. Praise God. Praise the Lord, saints. Praise the Lord, your Lord. Can we Lord. shout hallelujah? Hallelujah. Yes, I'm the pastor, his wife, her baby Wyatt, and everyone, Mr. Scarlett, everyone in their respective places. God has been so good. Uh, I look at 2021. We're getting to the close, closing end of this year, and uh, what he's done for me, I'm truly amazed. Uh, just had the anticipation of what God revealed to me in 2020, and uh, he's working things out, thank the God. And if we put our trust in him, he's able to perform what he promised, and we just have to continue to believe him. I thought, you know, well, I had the anticipation to just serve the Lord, and if things wouldn't happen that I would not be uh, espoused uh, in my life, and I would just live a, a single life like Paul did, I would be okay with it. I had to be okay with it if he, if he came. And so even though I wasn't for that, um, because there was an anointing that I believe I was blessed with, but God, I'm being honest with you, saints of God, and God pursued and, and God opened the door. And by faith in a pandemic, you can find love. I believe that you can do that. You can find love in a pandemic. The second blessing is that, God, I knew that if if God was going to prepare this for me and which he was opening doors, that, God, you had to provide a place for what you're making or what you're establishing. And so by the help of the Lord, saints of God, I didn't do every time I look at that place, I said, God, you have a purpose for why I'm here. I had not the desire, but the Lord revealed to me that I had to go to South Jersey. Now, I was not a fan of it, not a, not a desire, not, not to be uh, no, stemming against anyone who is living there, but, you know, rushing ahead. 
He revealed it, and, and then I just went by faith, went to a realtor, and in May of 28th of 2021, I signed a contract for a property in Pemberton, New Jersey, Amen. which he made provision for. And I'm so blessed, saints of God, because he's continuing to reveal himself, and I just give him the praise. Just trust in the Lord with all your heart Amen. and put him first. Amen. My mother taught me one thing. If you keep Matthew 6 and 32 before you, you will never, never be disappointed. If you seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, everything will be added unto you. God bless you all. Amen, 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 amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. I don't know about you, but if you don't want to shout, I'll shout for you, bro. Right, listen, I can relate to what you're saying, bro. Amen. God is awesome. Someone else with a testimony. Go ahead. It's all right. Amen. God bless everyone, uh, the pastor, first lady, Amen. brothers in the congregation, sisters in the congregation. I wasn't a bad person. I just grew up not knowing God. And I went to the military, and that's without God there because of the things you had to do. Uh, but I, I, I moved here, and me and my wife was looking for a church, and we kept going around. And there was churches all around us, but we kept we couldn't figure out which one we wanted. So one day I went to the store and came back, and uh, my wife told me that the pastor knocked on the door. We started coming to this church, and um, I started praying, and I got baptized. And I kept asking God, you know, to change every, change my situation, change these people, change these people. And when he didn't, I got frustrated. And uh, Brother Tom and the pastor kept telling me, just keep on, stay the course, stay the course. So I stayed the course, and I said, God, you haven't changed my situation. Then after a while, I stopped worrying about that. I stopped feeling about that. I stopped even, I didn't care about that no more. Because God didn't change my situation. He changed me. Thank you. Awesome. That is awesome. Amen. Someone else with a testimony. Uh, hallelujah. Amen. That is truly awesome. Amen. Go ahead, Brother Sam. Okay. Amen. Bless the Lord, everyone. Praise the Lord. Um, who remembers on Sunday, well, remember on Sunday when Pastor mentioned that being in the presence of God is important and that it, it's better to be here because you don't know what he has in store than being over the Zoom. So, um, <laughs> so Sunday morning I woke up early, prayed, and I woke up and I read this scripture, First Corinthians chapter 6, read the entire chapter. And I didn't understand the chapter fully, and I was praying to God, God, please let me have some clarification to this chapter. And I was going to ask pastor about it, or my grandmother. For some reason, I didn't remember at all. So the celebration of eight years for the church at Pastor Matt's, we went there, and the guy came up, I don't remember his name. He was preaching and he said, First Corinthians chapter 6. And I started to smell it like, yo. <laughs> <laughs> and then I started to remember when Pastor mentioned being in the presence of God is important because you, do, you don't know what he has in store for you. Amen. So I got my clarification on that night. So that is my testimony. Amen. 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 Praise God. Someone else with a testimony. It's all right. I know a lot of people here have a testimony. I want to testify, but you shy. I don't want to call no names, so I'm going to give you a chance. 
for God to touch you. Amen. Go ahead. Amen. Praise God. Someone else. Amen. Do I need to call some names? It's all right. It's all right. So well, let, let me yeah, be the, the bold one to testify. So, um, so I went to one of my customers today. <laughs> I have no choice, you know. So I talked to my customer. So I said, um, you know, we're, we're in this uh, stewardship campaign, you know. I, I'm telling most of my customers, Brother Daryl, once I feel a, once I feel a spirit and I can feel I can relate to them, I said, regardless of what's small, you know, we're trying to raise 1.7 to 2.5 million. Regardless of how small it is or how big it is. So she said, I, I said, I got a card in the truck. Um, I said, do you want me to go get it? She said, no, no, I'll give you, I'll give you something. Um, so she said, um, you sure you don't want me to get the card? She said, no, no. Um, you want me to write a check now? I said, sure. <laughs> so she, she wrote the check and she gave it to the check to me, you know, small. So I said, you know, you know, greatly appreciate it. You know, we thank you. But listen, I, I've proven God so many times. And, um, you know, I, I can echo a lot of sentiments with what Brother Bradley was saying. And, um, you know, Br- Brother Kellerman, in fact, um, let me just uh, slide off for a little bit. Brother Kellerman, a lot of times you see Brother Kellerman up here, you know, uh, I want to say I commend you, brother. You know, you go through a lot of aches and pain, and a lot of people don't know what's going on with you. And, uh, you know, w- you know, I, I commend you for your sacrifice and the time that you, you know, given to God. You know, uh, many times you come up here and, um, you know, you're going through a lot of pain. And, um, you know, and this is all important it is that we, 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 we got to keep our brothers and our sisters in our prayers. Um, I remember one morning we have um, a prayer meeting and I heard Brother Bradley and it was calling out names and it was praying. And you, you just don't know oh such a, a feeling that is. Knowing that there is someone else is interceding and someone else is behind. You know, I'm behalf brother. So, you know, we, we, we got to make sure we cover each other. You know, um, Brother Shaim said uh, he went to the service, which we were at the service at Pastor Mac on Sunday evening. And, um, and you know, he got his confirmation. You know, he read the scripture. The Lord led it on his uh, heart. He read the scripture and he got his confirmation. But, you know, I'm saying, you know, stay in the church. If I start to talk about some of the things that God has done for me, you know, I was driving up on 295 um, this evening and I just shook my head and I said, God, you're so good. That's all I could say. You know, God is so good. You know, I've proven him so many times. Over and over. And I'm saying to myself while I'm driving, you know, I was listening to a song because I've been playing music all day on my phone. And um, so I've been listening to music and I was sharing with my wife that I didn't turn on the radio today. I was just listening to music, <laughs> you know, right through. So, and I'm saying, God, everything that I ever needed, you provide for me. There is nothing, Sister Cheryl, that I need that God doesn't provide for me. When I just came from Jamaica, I worked three jobs and go to college at the same time. I used to say, man, you're a crazy man to do that. I mean, but, but you know, we have a saying that we say, if you want good, you know, it's after run. <laughs> you know, uh, in layman terms, what that means, if you want to be successful in life, you're not just going to sit down and expect things to come to you. You're going to have to go out there to try to achieve what you want in life. 
I remember when I came to the church um, when I was in um, Pennsylvania, they, they, they went out to a yard sale, Pastor, and they bought me a ladies' wheel bicycle for $10. I mean, I rode that boy, I rode her, man, I rode, I rode her back and forth to work. And I mean, she kept me. I was able to save my money, and I was able to buy myself a 10-speed bicycle. Steps. <laughs> the, 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 the moral, in fact, when I rode my, my 10-speed bicycle, I was working at Roy Rogers back in the days. If not any of you know about Roy Rogers, I, I was working there um, for a few years. And um, I, 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 one, night, one night I was coming from work. It was late in the night. I was riding, so I didn't want to ride, you know, on the banking, so I was riding in the middle of the road. So a police officer pulled me over. <laughs> so pulled her on my bicycle. <laughs> it was so funny. It was cold. I mean, I was in probably at least three or four layer clothes. And, man, I was cold, and uh, my nose was running and everything. And, you know, the cop have his flashlight shining over my spokes. You know, I got reflectors on the bicycle. You know, and I'm saying, are you kidding me? So, you know, all he was saying, you know, I want you to be safe. You know, I don't want to get hit. But I said, no, officer, you know, I understand what you're saying. Um, I didn't want to ride. It was dark. I didn't want to be over there riding in the dark. But, man, I, I rode. And I don't remember if he uh, gave me a ride closer to home or whatever the story was. But from there, you know, I, I rode on my 10-speed bike. The first car I was able to save and purchase was a Dodge Omni. I, I had that car for a few years, Pastor, and I was sharing with um, Nasir um, a few, uh, probably a couple of weeks or a month ago or so. I said, Nasir, I used to spend four or five hours cleaning my car. If the dust blew on the car, I went out with my Shammai and I wiped the car down. That's how much sacrifice I put into the car. And that was just materialistic, you know. I mean, but I cherish these little things because it, it, this is how crazy it was. Um, so after I purchased the beaker, I didn't know nothing about inspection sticker. So the sticker that the guy put on the car was a fake sticker. I didn't know until a police officer pulled me over again. <laughs> so he gave me a citation and said, you need to get the beaker re-inspected. So I said, officer, I didn't know. I just purchased. I paid the guy cash for the beaker, and I'm assuming that everything is okay, you know. But but I'm saying these little things because, you know, we stay faithful, we stay, stay consistent, we stay loyal to God and men. I said everything. Listen, when I said everything that I need, that's just a part of some of the blessings that God has blessed me with. But it starts from the little things, and I cherish those little things. And it helped me to be where I'm at today. I'm so honored to serve the Lord, and I hope you are too. We want to take one or two more testimonies. One more, Pastor. I know somebody else have a testimony that they want to share before Pastor come up. Anybody else want to share a testimony? Amen. No, no one? Amen. All right. Come on, Pastor. That's all right. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord, everybody. Amen. That is so wonderful. I can relate to you, Brother Scarlett. Truly, I can relate to you. And um, sometimes when you think about those things that, you know, we went through and where we are today, um, people don't understand. All they can see is what you have today. Have no clue about all of what you went through and how God made sure you can take care of the little things that he 
entrusted you with so he was able to trust you with more stuff. That's the way it works. You know, here's something interesting for you. I teach this concept um, when I teach leaders in churches um, about what a pastor looked for. And when a pastor's uh, praying and looking out in the congregation for leaders, there's certain things that a pastor looked for. And one of the things I always mention to um, any group that I'm teaching is that be careful what you see, when you look at what the pastor may have right now and feel like, well, I don't need to give to that church because he's got this and he's got that. And be careful how your thought go with that. And then you got people on the outside, you know, the, the preachers only want to take your money and they have no clue how God's system work, that you are crazy if you serve God all your life and you don't see growth and you don't see God just, you know, giving and giving to you and blessing you. If you go to a church and the pastor have not experienced the blessings of God continually in his or her life, then maybe they're not doing something right. And so sometimes we have to stop and say, you know, we, we better be careful how we address, you know, what, you know, the preacher did or the minister did, you know, why they're driving that car or driving this car and not realizing that. Did you know them when they was riding their 10 speed bicycle? I can relate to them. my first bike that I bought when I came to America was ten dollars, too. I'm just saying got hit off that bike. Mom, right here. I'm not lying to you. Car hit me off the bike. Just saying. So, so I, I'm not going to get into it, but I just got to let you all know, be careful when you see people and thinking that, you know, their life is just so good. You don't know where they're coming from and what God has done for them and why they're able to be where they are. And, and unfortunately, some, you know, a lot of folks, sometimes our young folks, you know, they don't realize that you have to go through some stuff in order to accomplish anything or to have anything. And they get frustrated because in their mind, it's not what it needs to be. And they're not getting what they think they should get when they don't realize. I know things have changed and the world moves faster now, but it still doesn't change the fact of how things should be done, which is you don't get stuff overnight. You don't you don't accomplish stuff overnight. You don't get what you think you should get overnight. Because here is the, the truth about it. God can afford to give you anything. You're just not ready to handle anything. That's the truth right there. And so unfortunately, we think that, you know, whatever we think and whatever we want, God should give it to us. And God is saying, I got you. And as you become more mature and learn how to handle the things I give to you, I will continue to give you more. And that's all really a lot of the blessings, especially financial things and, 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 and material things that you see people will, be, will have in church. All that really means is they're mature in God. If you want to get it, if you want to just boil it down a little bit, all it really comes down to they've been mature. Whatever little God had tr entrusted them with, they took real good care of it and God kept entrusting them with more. It's just the way it works. It's nothing special. You know, it's not that God is showing them favoritism. No, they just was able to be good stewards over what little God had given them. And God kept giving them more. Amen. Well, we're here tonight because we want to continue the theme of this week, which is to be thankful and to give thanks. Because guess what? None of us just happen to be here on our own. Somebody had to make a way someplace for all of us to be here. And so we should always be have an attitude of gratitude 
because of what we're experiencing because guess what somebody had to set out to do something for us to come alongside or to come behind them and receive something i'm glad i'm thankful for this week thankful for god there's a lot to be thankful about and hopefully we can you know reflect over those things in the next 30 35 minutes we can reflect about the things that we need to be thankful for and kind of have that right mind and that right spirit and that right attitude as we get into Thursday. Sure, we want Thursday for us to be impactful in how we just go about our business on Thursday, whether it's traveling to relatives or being at our home and whatever we're doing. But we want the will of God to be done. And sometimes, you know, you got to keep doing the things of God for you to be in that mode. You know, sometimes we think just because we're Christians, we can turn it on and turn it off. No, you got to keep feeding the spirit of God so you can be in tune. And the Bible says what we must be vigilant, you know. And so we want to be vigilant and we want to be able to discern all of what's going on around us because we want to be a blessing and we ought to let God know how thankful we are. In Ephesians chapter 5, verse number 17, the word of God says, Wherefore, be ye not unwise, be ye not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. So I guess this is not a stretch by saying this. If I'm not understanding the will of the Lord, I'm not wise. Am I stretching it or is that right? If you look at it, it says, wherefore, be not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. So when we don't understand the will of the Lord, we're probably not wise. Verse 18 says, and be not drunk with wine wherein is excess, but be filled with the spirit. When you are filled with the spirit, if you want to look at it from a standpoint of just anything that's filled with anything, you can't get anything else in it. If something is filled with something, you can't get anything else in. If you are full of the spirit of God, because that's a capital S, that's the spirit. of. If you are full of the spirit of God, then you don't need to get no other spirit in you. What they call liquor. Don't want to mess with me. I know a whole lot about liquor. Don't get me started now. Let me stay right on track right here. They call liquor spirits. Some of the liquor stores around here still say wine and spirits. You know they still do. All right. So don't be filled with that spirit. Filled with the spirit of God. Speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. That's what you were doing today, Brother Scarlett. You were just, you know, allowing the melodies of the songs and, you know, the thoughts of the goodness of God and just, you know, hymns and stuff just, you know, just in your heart today. That's all good. And we need to have those days if we, as many of them as we can. Verse 20 says, giving thanks always for all things unto God and the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Giving thanks always for all things unto God. So for a few moments, I want to share with you this message entitled, Thanks Living. 
thanksgiving. Everybody is about thanksgiving. I'm going to talk to you on thanksgiving. <laughs> thanksgiving is a unique kind of holiday when you stop to think about it. As far as I know, maybe as far as you know as well, nothing special ever happened on the fourth Thursday of November. Nothing. Nothing that affected our entire nation. No one that was famous or is famous was born on that fourth Thursday in November. No nation declared their independence on that fourth Thursday in November. No presidents were born, no treaties were signed, and no significant battles were fought on that fourth Thursday in November. There aren't any special interests, groups, that are honored on that fourth Thursday of November. The day has absolutely no liturgical significance as far as it pertains to the church. It isn't the beginning of a new season in the church calendar. No saints were martyred. No waters were parted. No miracles were performed on that fourth Thursday in November. But every year on the fourth Thursday in November, we make a pretty big deal out of celebrating nothing special. We get in our cars and travel for hours together with family members for Thanksgiving Day feasts. Recipes that have been passed on for generations get dug out of the file boxes. The china and silverware gets retrieved from the china cabinet and a huge tablecloth covers the nice table. Special trips are made to the grocery store just to buy the ingredients needed for this feast. By Wednesday evening, most of our refrigerators are packed so full of food that it will be hard to find whatever you're looking for. Don't try to find some little random stuff on Wednesday night before Thanksgiving in your fridge. You won't find it. <laughs> stuff is seasoned up. Stuff is in there, just ready to be cooked. Practically all of Thursday will be spent in the kitchen cooking turkey and stuffings for some of you ham, sweet potatoes and cranberry relish and homemade sweet potato pie. Even the less fortunate out make out pretty well on Thanksgiving Day. Instead of a bowl of soup and a sandwich at a soup kitchen, several area churches treat whoever shows up to a delightful meal on that Thanksgiving Day, that fourth Thursday in November. Some agencies supply big food baskets. It's the one night of the year when we make sure that everyone goes to bed 
with a full belly with leftovers waiting for tomorrow. Thursday, we will make a pretty big deal out of celebrating a day when nothing special happens. That's really unusual when you stop to think about it, and yet it also seems strangely appropriate. The fact that we arbitrarily chose a day to give thanks says something significant about us as citizens of the United States. There really isn't anything special that we are obligated to be thankful for this Thursday comparing to any other Thursday throughout the year. Have you stopped to think about that? What's the difference between this Thursday and last Thursday? I'm just saying. Thanksgiving is a day that reminds us that gratitude is a condition of the heart. It is a lifestyle that we are called to live. In Ephesians chapter 5, verse 20, the Bible says, Giving thanks always for all things unto God and the Father in the name of the Lord Jesus. What we do on Thanksgiving Day, the Word of God tells us to do it always. So that's why it might feel a little different when you decide on this fourth Thursday in November when we get together and we sit at the table and we have this great big feast and we don't really have anything special to give thanks for. It just still feels right. It just still feels good. You know why? Because the word of God tells us that we must give thanks always unto God. So what we're doing in essence on Thursday when we get together is something we ought to be doing always. Anytime you step in that realm of doing what God's word says, it's always going to make things just a little bit better. It's always going to make you feel better. It's always going to make you know I'm on the right track because guess what? You're doing something that God says do. And so while this fourth Thursday in November, nothing significant had happened, nothing significant was done, we are doing something that God says we ought to do always. As Americans, we should be proud that in 1827, Thanksgiving Day as we know it, was proclaimed by Congress to be the third Thursday of November for all states. Beginning in that year, Mrs. Sarah Hale began lobbying each elected president to instate Thanksgiving as a, nation, as a national holiday. But her lobbying was unsuccessful until 1863 when Abraham Lincoln made his Thanksgiving proclamation. At that time, he declared that the last Thursday of each November was to be observed as a national Thanksgiving Day holiday. Can I just give you some ex excerpts from President Lincoln's proclamation? Lincoln's 
1863 Thanksgiving proclamation. This is some of the things that he said that was written. It is the duty of nations as well as of men to own their dependence upon the overruling power of God. To confess their sins and transgressions in humble sorrow, yet with assured hope that genuine repentance will lead. I'm not reading the Bible. In case you think I'm reading the Bible. This is what your president said back in 1863. So let me continue on. Let me, let me continue on. In humble sorrow, yet with assured hope that genuine repentance will lead to mercy and pardon and to recognize the sublime truth announced in the Holy Scriptures and proven by all history that those nations are blessed whose God is the Lord. The president said this. We know that by his divine law, nations like individuals are subjected to punishments and chastisement in this world. May we not justly fear that the unlawful calamity of civil war, which now desolates the land, may be punishment inflicted upon us for our presumptuous sins to the needful end of our national reformation as a whole people. We have been the recipients of the choicest bounties of heaven. We have been preserved these many years in peace and prosperity. We have grown in numbers, wealth, power, as no other nation has ever grown. But we have forgotten God. Church, in case you missed it, this country was built on God. There is a reason why this is the greatest country in the world. Because this country was started, was built, established upon the one true and living God. And God is so good that when you start out right, he does everything he can to keep you going right. We might be going left now and doing all the stuff that we want to do and forsaking God. But we originally started out on the right track. That is why this country is so blessed. This country is also very blessed because we not only started out in God in this country, but we have taken what we have in God and has gone in the world to share it with others. This country is blessed and successful because of the hand of God upon it and not because of anything else. We have forgotten the gracious hand which preserved us in peace and multiplied and enriched and strengthened us. And we have vainly imagined in the deceitfulness of our heart that all these blessings were produced by some superior wisdom and virtue of our own. A lot of what's wrong today that God is going in the wrong direction is we think it's on our own that we have accomplished anything. We think that it's because of our intelligence, our intellect. We think that it's because of who we are, why we have accomplished anything. We are failing to give credit to God for what God has done 
We are thinking that it's because of how smart we are. We're thinking it's because of all the great universities that we have, all the millionaires that we have. We're thinking that we are successful because of us, and we have overlooked God. Intoxicated with unbroken success, we have become too self-sufficient to feel the necessity of redeeming and preserving grace, too proud to pray to God that made us again, your brethren. It has seemed to me fit and proper that God should be solemnly, reverently, and gratefully acknowledged as with one heart and one voice by the whole American people. I do therefore invite my fellow citizens in every part of the United States and also those who are at sea and those who are sojourning in foreign lands to set apart and observe the last Thursday of November as a day of thanksgiving and praise to our beneficent father who dwelleth in the heavens. Sign Abraham Lincoln, October 3rd, 1863. I don't know if we have any, any other holiday where the president said, this is a day we're setting aside to give God praise, to confess and repent of our sins, to understand that the only reason why we have what we have is because of the Almighty One. We're doing good, church, as a world, as a, as, as a society, I should say, in this country. We're doing good that we realize that we need to give thanks. The only challenge is we, we need to make sure we're not just doing it on this one special day. But we're doing good understanding that we need to give thanks unto the Lord. It was not until 1941 that Congress approved that our National Day of Thanksgiving would be on the fourth Thursday of November. Let me tell you, we are or they were living in those times what we read in Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse number 7, where it says, For the Lord thy God bringeth thee into a good land, and a land of brooks of water, of fountains and depth, that spring out of valleys and hills, a land of wheat and barley, vines and fig trees and pomegranates, a land of oil, olive and honey, a land wherein thou shalt eat bread without scarceness. Thou shalt not lack anything in it, a land whose stones are iron and out of whose hills thou mayest dig brass. When thou hast eaten and art full, then thou shalt bless the Lord thy God for the good land which he had given thee. Beware that thou forget not the Lord thy God in not keeping his commandments and his judgments and his statutes which I command thee this day. So it's a common theme that God 
has been good to us, his people, that God has provided for us and God has blessed us. But when we start to experience the goodness of what God has done, we forget about him. We, we look the other way and we think that it's us that's responsible for the goodness that we have. But thank God that we are here tonight and Thursday we will turn and say, God, I give you thanks for what you have done, for how you have provided, for how you made a way, for how you've supplied our need. Lord, we give you thanks. And if people don't know what they're giving thanks for, you let them know, Brother Scarlett, that God has been good to us. You let them know that God has really taken care of us and provided for us. And that's why we give thanks today. We give thanks to God because he has been good to us. My God, we overlook God's goodness. This is just so good. This gets me excited when I get to looking at it and reading about it and realize that God has been good to us. I was just talking to my boy, my oldest son, the other day about this stuff. God, listen, if my children don't make it to heaven, it ain't going to be because of me. If they don't make it, it won't be because of me. My boy always come in and ready to have good conversations. I love having conversations with my oldest. Well, all my children, they're all intellectual. All my children, they've they got good intellects. So I like to talk to them. And so we there going on and on. And this was something I told him the other day that we don't realize and acknowledge how good God has been to us. And so we constantly look for other things. If we will stop church and and begin to look and say, really, God has been good to us, we will stop looking for more and more and more. It's like we're never satisfied, Brother D. Every time we, we, you know, God does something for us, we move on to the next thing. What else, God? What else, God? We just keep on looking for more and more. Instead of stop and say, God, you have really been good to me, and if you never did anything else for me, I can just live off of what I got right now because you have really been good to me. That's not how we are trained to think now. Now we got to do more and more because we all got to say how we're doing so good and we all got to pass off as to prove to people what we've accomplished. But if God never does anything else for me, I can sit back and say, God, you have been good and Lord, you have provided all of what we need. Church, we got to realize God is really good and he has given to us and we don't need anything else to prove the goodness of God. You don't need to tell God, well, if you just do this, then I'll know you're good. No, you can just know he's good already. The Bible says, taste and see that the Lord is good. God has been good to us and he continues to be good to us. And all we need to do is just thank him. Let me tell you something. You ever notice, young people, listen to me real quick, Jordan, Peyton, all of the young people, Lila, make sure when an adult or anyone does anything for you, give you anything, you better not ever forget to say thank you. You better understand that whatever you're receiving, nobody has to do it for you. You're just giving it to you and you need to appreciate it. We got to start appreciating what has been given to us, things we never earned, things we never did anything to get. We got to start appreciating it and say thank you. 
Not to mention, if you really have faith in God, you'll realize someone can come and do something for me that's really nice and give something to me that's really good. But in the back of my mind, as much as I'm going to tell them, oh, you're so kind and I really thank you, because guess what? They had to be obedient to God. So that's the role that they played. They were obedient to God. But we know the source of what we're getting is the Lord. The Lord put into their heart, into their spirit, into their mind, go do this. And so when they go and do it, what they're doing is being obedient. So we we say thank you to them because God used them and they did obey God. But we need to be giving God thanks to know that God was the one that moved on that person. And they nothing you have you really deserve is the goodness of the Lord. It's the goodness of the Lord. These passages of scripture represent a time in history of the Hebrew nation, very much like the time in history of our early American pilgrims. After suffering and struggling in the desert for 40 years to reach the promised land of Israel, they had finally made it to a fruitful land flowing with milk and honey. And so they gathered together to celebrate, but even more important, to remember who gave them their freedom and their blessings and to whom they owed and devoted praise unto. Church, we owe and we are devoted to God to give him praise. I said the other day, to my son, I said, listen, I know we can make things a little complicated when we start having conversations about things. And, you know, you know, how do you know, you know, who has the truth and, you know, you know, how do you know you're saving? Who's really saving all of that stuff? And but I said, we can go on and on and on. I said, but how about we start with. Where did life come from and why do I have to die? How about we start right there, everybody? Let's just start right there. We don't have to go no place else. We don't have to get real deep into nothing. Just start asking the question, where did life come from? And how, why do I have to die? Why am I getting old? Why do I have to die? And where did life come from? You stay right there and trust me, if you search enough, you will know who everything come from. So you can't ever take credit because how do you come on the scene? You didn't make yourself come on the scene. You didn't bring yourself on the scene. God brought you on the scene, and God decided when you come off the scene. So you owe everything to him. (laughs) We can come up with all the fancy conversations that we want, all the intellectual thoughts we have, but the bottom line is, where did life come from, and why do you have to die? Okay. It's only when we believe we have enough that we are truly grateful. And that's the problem. We only become grateful when we think we have enough. But if we don't have enough, we're not grateful. And we haven't learned the principles of God and the ways of God that until you give thanks for the little things, you will never get to the next thing. But we want to we get a little thing and we just don't want to give no thanks. And God is saying, oh, you can't appreciate that. Because the way our God system works, every blessing is a stepping stone to the next one. So you have to operate within the system of God in order for the next one to come. How about the man 
that had leprosy. He said to the man, when he healed the man, he told the man, go show yourself to the priest. Then he had people that were sick, and when he healed them, he says, not only are you healed, but your faith has made you whole. There is other blessings coming behind the first blessing, if you will. And so what you don't realize is if you just take the first go around and run off and say, ooh, I'm blessed and highly favored, and you run off with that, that's all you're going to have. But if you get what you got and you realize, my God, God has blessed me, and guess what? I'm not leaving his side. I'm going to stay right by his side because if he blessed me once, he'll bless me again. He'll bless me again, and he'll bless. I'm not running off on my own and talking about, I got what I need. No, I need God to keep blessing me. And the only way he's going to keep blessing me is if I keep appreciating and thanking him for the blessings he gives me. That's what we got to do. So Thanksgiving is really, really special. As much as I went through that whole thing of telling you nothing special has happened on the fourth Thursday. There's nothing, you know, that we, we can think of. I'm telling you that it is so wonderful that we have taken the time out to celebrate the goodness of God. So in case people are wondering, what are we doing thanking? What are we thanking people for? Or who are we thanking on Thanksgiving? Abraham Lincoln, your president knew better than you. Maybe that's why he was president, you're not. But your president know, knew that we got to give the creator thanks. He is the one that forgives sins. He is the one that provided for us. He is the one that supplied for us. The president knew that. 1863, Abraham Lincoln knew we better give thanks to almighty God. And we think that's played out. If God is responsible for bringing you into the land that you're in, how can you think that's old and played out in giving thanks? Godliness with contentment is great gain. When you realize God has been good to you, be content and stop worrying about everything else you don't have control over. We're not content with godliness. We want more and more and give me this and give me that. And and we're not content. And so because we're not content, we're not gaining anything. As godly people, we must live life with an attitude of gratitude. Don't overlook the goodness of God. He has done more than enough for us to be filled with gratitude. He has done more than enough, church. More than enough. Before we complain about what we don't have, can we please look at what we do have and be thankful about it? Woo! If you're struggling to see what you do have, I can help you with that tonight. If you can't figure out what you do have and that you're blessed and that God has been good to you, let me help you tonight. John chapter 3 verse 16 says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. So if you're struggling to know the goodness of God, God gave himself that you may have eternal life. Now if you're not taking the eternal life, that's up to you, but he has given that to you. 
Maybe that's the problem. The stuff that God has given us, we don't think it's valuable. I tell tonight that the other day. I said, I said, one of the issues is, not finishing here. One of the issues is what we think is valuable is not what God thinks is valuable. So we're having a problem with God. We won't say it out loud because we don't want to feel like we're blasphemed. But the bottom line is what God thinks is valuable, we don't think is valuable. So God has been good to us and we haven't even acknowledged it because in our heart of heart, our evil heart is saying, well, that's not what I want. Jordan. Spoil. He he is blessed and fortunate, but he still go around whining. Just whining about like, yo, man. The other day, I just tell him from now on, the only time you can speak is when we talking about technology. You 10. Don't talk to me about nothing else. Nothing else. You 10. Because they have no clue how fortunate they are and they're still whining about stuff that they don't have. But we're being like the kids and don't realize it, that God has been good to us and we're whining about what we don't have because guess what? What God considers, considers good for us, we think, no, that's not good enough. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and coming down from the Father of lights with whom is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. Every good and every perfect gift come from above. So whatever goodness you have, it's because of the Lord. We need to give thanks, church. Our thanks is to be unto God. We have a lot for which to be thankful, not just on Thanksgiving Day, but every day. Ephesians 5.20, we read that, giving thanks always for all things unto God and the Father in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Colossians 15.57, but thanks be to God which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Colossians 2 and 14. Now thanks be unto God, which always causeth us to triumph in Christ and maketh manifest the Savior of his knowledge by us in every place. And I'm getting ready to close, but I got to give you this because of the testimonies, everything. Another part of the conversation I had with my son the other day, Cheryl. Revelation. Ready for this? And I might even... Expound on this Sunday. So come Sunday and bring somebody to church Sunday. So he liked to show a little bit of intellect, old boy. You know, he liked to have conversation and let you know he's smart, Cheryl. And in my mind, while he's making me smart, I'm like, you're my son. You know, he tried to use these words, Ethan, and, you know, lay it out. And in my mind, I'm like, you're my son. Don't forget that. I don't tell him that. I just let him keep laying it out, laying it out, laying it out. And the Holy Ghost just was just giving him the answer. When I got done with him, all he could do is close up his laptop and get back in his car. I don't know what he did. But but he's talking and talking and talking. And so here is where he went. Here's the road he went down. Dad, I, I think, you know, the way our church is conducted, I just think it's not really doing what it used to do. Uh, the, 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 just the way our church is done now. It worked back then, but people are not showing up anymore. And, you know, they don't seem to appreciate it as much as they used to. And, you know, you know, 
the church is not full again. And, and maybe that format of how we do things is probably, it needs to be changed. Uh, he wasn't off. Here's what the Holy Ghost gave me. Why well, he had to close up his laptop and go. He said, you're right, Dad. Here's what the Holy Ghost dropped on me. Holy Ghost told me to tell that boy, what y'all envision that's supposed to be in the church is in y'all. Y'all don't want to mess with me. Can't mess with Jesus. The Holy Ghost started showing me that what they are saying, they're right. Because what they got will minister to their age and the people beyond them. They will do church a little bit different than us. That's fine. Because if you go back 50 years from now, I'm sure the way our church was done was a little bit different from where we're doing it today. So he wasn't off on how the format is laid out. But what the Holy Ghost told me was tell that joker, all of them, them young boys, they all got it in them. That if they will come to church and get saved, they will be able to come up with these things. To be in the church that other people their age group will come in and say, oh, snap, this is a place to be. But because they won't slow down, take their time, get saved, get right, live for God, be holy and righteous, and begin to implement. Because you can't implement anything if you ain't righteous. You can't implement anything if you're not living holy. So what God wants the young people to know is get your heart right, get your life right, get saved, and come into church. And then guess what? God will begin to let you come up with things that the church never did before. It won't be sin. It will just be creative. It will just be a way how you can speak to the other generation. It won't be sin. It won't be ungodly. It won't be unholy because it will be coming from a holy vessel because they're holy. But they just keep coming. This is what the Lord showed me. They keep coming. And what they do is they come and do this. Can't mess with that. look, Look at them. Look at them. They just doing the same old thing that they've been doing. That ain't working no more. They can't see that. They're not realizing it's not working. And God is saying, yeah. And all the gifts and all the talents and all the abilities that I've given you, what are you doing with it? So it's only not working because you're not doing your job. It's only not working because you're not doing your part. It go for them, but it go for us too. So what's happening in church a lot of times, a lot of us are thinking just like what Nasir said. This ain't hitting like it need to be hitting. Okay, what are you doing about it? Are you going to just sit back and keep on just being like, I just got to find someplace else because it ain't hitting. It ain't hitting because you have a role to play and you won't play it. What you will bring to the table, there's going to be a group of people that will come in and say, y'all church do that? Oh, man, that is awesome. But you ain't doing your part. So you walking around saying it's not hitting. When all it comes down to is God is saying, so why you thought I got you there? Why you thought I gave you the gifts and talents and abilities I gave you? So it can be hidden. And so I close with this. First Thessalonians 5 and 18. In everything. Give thanks. But let me show you how powerful this is. For this is the will of God. You want to go back to this? Let me show y'all something in case y'all miss what I'm saying. Because I went through all of that, but I just want to point out, I wanted these two scriptures to connect. Go back to Ephesians chapter 5, verse 17. So you learn how to study your Bible. What did Ephesians chapter 5, 17 says? Wherefore, be ye not unwise, 
but understanding what is. So he said, understand what the will of God. Now go back to where we just left off from. The scripture tell us in 517, understand what the will of God is. First Thessalonians 5 and 18 says, in everything give thanks for this is the will. You think, it, you think it's just play play to give thanks? You think it's just, oh, you know, let's feel good. It's Thanksgiving. We need to give thanks. Giving thanks to God is the will of God. It's not just something you do. It's not just something God just threw in there and said, well, you know, you need to have some manners. Uh, you need to be respectful. No, when you give thanks to God, it is the will of God. And church, sometimes when you read through the Bible, it's very hard to define what is the will of God. The will of God is not always clear in scripture, but I just showed you clearly in one instance, what is the will of God? So probably you don't need to go looking all through scripture to go find everything that is the will of God. But why don't we just start with this right here? Let's just start with this one right here. The Bible says to give thanks is the will of God. So it also means when you don't give thanks, you're out of the will of God. Let's stand. Thanks living. This is why we have to live our life giving thanks always. Thanks living. Thanks living. Is our life is supposed to be a life of always giving thanks, always being appreciative of what we have, what God has done for us. That's a life of thanks living. And when we live a life like that, we're living a life in the will of God. He didn't make it complicated for us tonight. I didn't go deep in those scripture tonight. I gave you the scripture for you to understand. How can I live my life in the will of God? And how I live my life in the will of God is by having appreciation and being thankful unto God for all he has done, for what he has provided. So all I got to do is keep on being thankful. So when things happen in my my life that challenged me to, to be upset, that challenged me to complain, that challenged me to want to walk away or whatever. I just need to say, God, if you allow this to happen, I need to just give you thanks because I want to be in your will. God, if you allow that to happen over there, it might seem like it's, it's just not good, but I'm going to give you thanks because I just want to be in your will. God, they messing with my paycheck and I don't know what's wrong. I'm going to give you thanks because that is the will of God. When we sit at our feast Thursday, wherever we are, we ought to give God thanks because you know what? That is the will of God. Yeah, we thank him for the providing of the food. Yeah, we thank him for blessing us. But we just want to thank God for who he is and all he's doing because when we do that, that is the will of God. If you never knew what one of the will of God is, you just found out tonight. Giving thanks. It's not hard. It's not this big, hard challenge. Just be grateful. Just have an attitude of gratitude by giving God thanks for all he's doing in your life. Woo! I'm done tonight. I'm, I'm grateful tonight to be in the house of the Lord. I'm grateful tonight to be with the, the saints of God and to be able to say, God, I give you thanks. Lord, I give you thanks. I don't know what y'all about to say, sing, but I would have just said, I would have just started singing thanks, thanks, 
I give you thanks for all you've done. I am so blessed. My soul has found rest. Oh, Lord, I give you thanks. Come on. Lord, I want to thank you. Thanks. Thanks, I give you thanks. Come on, somebody, give God thanks. All he has done. You are so blessed. Your soul will find rest because you're in his will. Oh, hallelujah. We love you, Jesus. Oh, you're so good to us, Lord. Possible for us to serve you and to love you and to bless your name. You make it easy, Lord God, to love you. You make it easy to serve you. You make it easy, Almighty God. And we're so glad. We're so thankful. And we bless your name. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah.
to close out our service. I know there will be a lot of people that will be traveling this week uh, to visit your loved ones and your family. We ask that you be safe, be careful. Uh, we're still living in the age of the pandemic. Um, be mindful of your surrounding. Um, and for those that will be with their loved ones, give thanks for your loved ones. In most of everything, make sure you give God all the glory and all the honor. Let your light shine in whatever you do. May the Lord be with you. Don't forget that we have the uh, basket in the back. Don't forget our building fund or whatever you have. You can just be a blessing to that. Let's just bow our heads as we pray. Father God, we thank you for tonight, Lord God. We thank you for all that you have done for us, Lord God. Father God, as we pray, Lord God, this evening, Lord God, we pray for every family that is there. For those of us that will be traveling for those that will be home, those that will be visiting their loved ones, those that will be staying home. Lord God, we ask you to be with us in everything that we do, Lord God. Let our light so shine, Lord God, that you can get all the glory, Lord God. We ask you to protect us and keep us, Lord God. This batch of angels run about us in everything that we do. We pray that you'll keep us and guide us, O oh God. We pray, Lord God, for those that are not here tonight, Lord God, that you'll keep them, Lord God. Those that are watching us here, oh God, online, Lord God, that you'll be with them likewise, oh God. Cover them, Lord God, in whatever they do. We ask you to continue to bless our families, oh God. Bless our homes. I pray that the Spirit of God will continue to reign in us, oh God. And that we'll continue to give you all the glory. We love you. 
We give you all the glory and all the honor as we say thanks. In Jesus' name we pray. Don't forget to invite someone to church on Sunday. Don't forget Saturday is our uh, prayer breakfast. Amen. So be here, be on time. No, this Saturday? Oh, next Saturday. Uh, next week. I'm wrong. I'm moving to ahead. Amen. Erase that. God bless you. We love you. Greet each other. I just want to thank you. I just want to thank you. I just want to thank you.